Stu Simpson Show podcast. If you've uh, if you're a return listener, then welcome back. Uh, if you're a first time listener, then welcome to the show. And today we have a wonderful, wonderful guest called Theo. I met Theo uh, at a folk night in uh, in London. Anyway, um, at the ho- where was it again, Theo? Aces and eights. Eights and eights, and you had something to do with them um, cards, <laughs> and and you were playing in a band that was it the Jack of Hearts. Yeah, that's right. Yes, <laughs> I remembered. Yeah, Excellent. Right. So you've came came on the show today. This is our fourth season um, of the Stu Simpson Show podcast, and this season's all about LGBTQIA plus. Um, and wh- why would you? Li- what would you like to talk about on the show today? Ah, well, yeah, mostly I want to talk about um, all things the new album, which I'm releasing in April. Yeah, excellent. Oh, by the, before I start, like, properly get into it, um, I need to ask, what are your pronouns, please? Oh, yeah, uh, he, him. Wonderful. Excellent. Well, I know we did, like, we well, just said we did a folk gig together in a band called the Jack of Hearts, and this album that you've got coming out, is that um, on your own, or is that with Jack of Hearts, or is it a different thing altogether? Yeah, no, it's it's... Um, on my own, so it's it's being released just as Theo Dusek. Um, although the the flute player who plays with me, sort of in the Jack of Hearts duo situation, um, he um, he's done some flute on the recordings, and I've got some other uh, musicians to do various instrumentations on the recordings. Um, and yeah, I guess session musicians, but yeah, on the whole, it is Theo Dusek pirate troubadour to to give you my full title <laughs> um yeah and then the album yeah excellent what, uh, where did the pirate thing come from ah uh, um well partly i really enjoyed dressing like a pirate um oh. but also a lot of my the imagery in my songs really tends towards um the oceans and the rivers uh, I'm not really sure what came first, whether that just happened and I happened to like piratey themed everything or, you know, whether that's in there somehow, because I, I used to live in Southampton. So and I was right by one of the rivers. So um, that was definitely quite an influence for a lot of the sort of stuff I would write anyway. So I just thought I, w- I would go with it and um, create that sense of adventure, I suppose, that that obviously pirates have around them but they also have a very romantic kind of feel around them as well um which i am definitely a self-proclaimed romantic so mm. um yeah it just fits as well so yeah the pirate troubadour feels feels right for my persona yeah and the album's called written by the river was it written by a river um it's called written in the river written in the river i'm terribly sorry um <laughs> written, that's of... even better nice yeah some of them were certainly written by well water yeah um but that kind of refers to a particular story in one of the songs which is called rooted about um the 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 woman who is spoken of in the song finding a a a piece of driftwood which is the shape of her lover's body um sort of many years before they meet and uh um and the symbolism yeah of that is that then they meet and it's and it really is it's been this representation of him in her life and now they are they found each other so it's 
So the sort of the the man is written in the river and the love was written in the river. It was always meant to to flow to this this point where they meet. Um, and it's yeah, based on this wild true story of mine. <laughs> so is that so? It's, if it's a true story, is that written about somebody specifically then? Yes, indeed. So my girlfriend, um, who I met at the end of 2020, um, mm -hmm. she found this this piece of driftwood on a riverbed in Canada uh, in the early 90s, which is um, when I was coming into the world. Um, and she, well, you feel <laughs> she was, um, yeah, determined to, to take this this piece of wood back home, and so she did on the plane. Uh, and it's it's so beautiful. It really it's sort of got a torso and what look like legs. Um, it really does look like a kind of body in motion and dancing. But more than that, it it quite looks like my body um, in its in its shape and structure and stuff. And so it was yeah a very interesting moment to just see it when I first went to her house and kind of asked her about it and she told me about bringing it back and um, yeah well there's there's you know kind of more to say if if you want but uh yeah so it eventually turned into this song rooted and yeah excellent excellent um so how did you meet was it was it, was it a cathartic process right in the album did and um how let's go back to that first question how did you meet your um, girls yeah well um it was online so in that sense I'm not sure how much of a romantic story there is to be told in that, but but then I say that, and you know there is. There's <laughs> she had signed up for for this the um, dating site, and the day after she signed up, I I messaged her, and yeah, the rest is history. So there's another song on the album um, called, called No Plan B, which kind of says about that and um, that that story. So that yeah, a lot of well, the, the whole of the album really is is kind of a celebration of of our love story um hence i keep saying all oh, this song and that song uh yeah so anyway that's the answer to your question that's looks was it was it a cathartic process right in the album then yeah it was because yeah i, I fall in love so dramatically some might argue and deeply and wholly um and it's it's really where all of all of the, most of the songs i've ever written are kind of come from and so to be able to express um the love that we found and is yeah is really wonderful to be able to kind of share that after after having times in my life um like as as um my experience being a trans man kind of I guess experiencing previously rejection and um, issues with my body. So to come to a place of healing and to be received by another so wholeheartedly um, it really is cause for celebration. And so, um, yeah, I've done an album for it. <laughs> That's really beautiful. So how many songs are on the album? There are 12 songs. It's just like, is it all just exploring the same theme? Yeah, yeah. So um, I I wrote, when, when I met my girlfriend, I wrote three songs in the first two months of meeting her, which was um, more songwriting than I had thus been kind of doing. So I decided to 
keep up with that um, creative energy and try and write a song a month for the first year we were together, um, which I sort of did, but then I actually took another year to rewrite some of them because I really wanted them yeah. to be kind of outstanding. Um, yeah, so each each song has has its own kind of story to tell as part of our story. Um, and, and and there's one or two that are more looking back on my reflections um, all the way back to kind of to childhood and thinking about the dreams I had back then. Um, but it still feels like it very much fits within within this um, theme, I suppose. So, random question: If you were if you were going to be if you were a pirate, what would your pirate name be? Oh. Somebody else has asked me this before. My answer was Jack Swift. Nice. Feels, yeah, right. <laughs> um, get, so, yeah. so does your I was wondering, does your um does your gender in, in influence your songwriting? Uh my gender in and of itself, like as a man, I don't necessarily feel like it does, but my gender identity. I certainly feel like it does because yeah. I have I have unique experiences that a lot of other people don't have. Yeah, in terms of yeah, I guess the re the relationships and and love and the relationship with the body. Um, so I bring that to the stories that I write in the songs. Yeah, yeah, because I find that really interesting though, because I think it will you being very open about being trans. Um, and also a songwriter, because it's our job as songwriters to kind of convey emotion and convey our own experience. Um, and that will probably empower other trans people out there to be, hopefully be more creative and be more open. How um, Do you feel that's part of your process, maybe? What, to um, to influence others? To, to empower other people to kind of feel a bit more comfortable within themselves, because it's very brave doing I know you're just an artist and you, and you do what you do and we all do as artists um no matter where we come from but we're telling our story um is that a, a conscious thing or is it just something that yeah um yeah that's that's interesting it's sort of I've not um wholly consciously thought about it but at the same time I know that because I have a kind of unique experience that's what I want to write about and that's what I want people to know. And if people know the full story of me, I think that gives so much more context to the songs and why this whole album means a lot to me and why the stories are so um, potent, I think. So, um, yeah, I do hope to um, inspire people, yeah, to get more honest with themselves or with each other or more open-minded in general, yeah. Excellent. How long have you been writing for? Um, I have been writing for maybe maybe 10 years. Yeah. And obviously yeah. style has improved over time, as, as I'm sure yeah. everyone. It just things change and as we grow and the, the influences and in our life experience, I think. So that all influences the way that we write. I know that I constantly change my genres and I, in my, well, I've got a band called Hadrian's Union and we go all over the shop genre wise. Um, so 
what are you hoping to achieve with the album? World success? Do you want to be on global stages? Do you know, Wembley? Supporting yeah. Ed Sheeran? <laughs> Surpassing Ed Sheeran? Yeah, surpassing Ed Sheeran. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, yeah, I really want my songs to be heard all over the world and I'd love the opportunity to take them all over the world and, and have that space on stage where where magic happens, but even more than that, where where joy happens between the musicians and the audience who are listening and connecting with the songs. So I, I, I hope to create that in every gig I do. So I hope for the audience to become greater and greater with with each time. Yeah. So um, how long have you been out as a trans man? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I I sort of started that journey in 2016, and it's now 2024. So what's that? Eight years. Mm. Um, and it goes quickly. Yeah, yeah. Lots has happened. There's been a lot of growing and healing and discovering. Um, but I'm not. Yeah, I think it's only much more recently that I'm being more open about my identity for a long time I didn't want to be because I was it was really there was actually a healing in just being seen as Theo as a man and people not knowing that about me um but I've come to start to feel like there's just there's the power actually with with being my whole self more publicly um power for me that that people just can understand me in a greater deeper more whole sense but for others who might be inspired to to just be open with themselves as as i've said before or open-minded in general yeah excellent um so well we both we both play music in the i've done in the in the folk world my ex my experience, my personal experience was that it's um it can be welcoming and loving and I, that's what I was attracted to it in the first place when I played folk festivals and things. Um but I've also experienced some like misogyny, sexism, a little bit of homophobia. Um but then we get like people like Grace Petrie and Maddie Morris um who are sort of like pushing the boundaries. Um so have you experienced any what are your po- positive and negative experiences within the folk world? Have you had these? Yeah, um, uh, I certainly experienced sexism where before I transitioned, kind of as as I was perceived as a woman in um, like folk sessions, um, and I I don't have much experience in terms of my gender identity and being and people's response to that just because I've not. It's very new to me to be um, open in this way. I'm really I'm really pleased that. Yeah, there are people like Maddie Morris and kind of, who are becoming very uh, visible in the folk world, uh, who are kind of of the queer community. So I think there's a tendency for folk to be obviously like the genre is based in tradition. So I think sometimes it can feel like within that people are upholding traditional values of all kinds. But actually, I think it'd be great to see more and more um the the opening and acceptance of of diverse people 
in the folk world, which I think there's there's a lot of speak of in in like the characters in folk songs, right? Who are kind of all walks of life. So um, yeah, to see that more would be really good. Absolutely. I mean, people like yourself and, and Maddie were all like paving the way for for people. And there's people who've come before before that as well, like Roy Bailey, who's one, one of my favourite singers of all time. Um, and he introduced me to a whole bunch of uh, different people from, from all walks of life. Um, there's festivals like Queer Spirit. I don't know if you've heard of Queer Spirit, um, but they're, they're, they have like singer-songwriters and everything from, from everywhere. It's not specifically a music festival, but it's, um, it's a great place to you can just, as a queer person, go and be yourself. And But unfortunately, they don't pay. <laughs> <laughs> no, a bit. Yeah, I, I I had the pleasure of playing last year, actually last summer at their at the Queer Spirit. Did you? Yeah, um, which was yeah so lovely, and it was it was yeah the the payment the reward was was being invited to the festival and just having that space in this in the beautiful setting in Devon, yeah to just really be myself, however I wanted to be, and know that there was just going to be acceptance and that's a really special thing to create yeah excellent i was supposed to be there and i, and I, I dropped out at the last minute <laughs> ah, ah that's a shame <laughs> so i was well they're also very understanding all because of about mental health stuff i was just like i'm having a bad time too much is happening i need to just sort of and they're like yeah cool come back when you're ready yeah. so yeah they're, they're a great place and there needs to be more stuff like that and um because because you do what you do and we all do what we do, then it's uh, um, these these doors are beginning to open. Mm. So, what do you hope in the future for um, for queer musicians and artists out there? What would you what would you like the world to look like? Mm. Um, well, to be honest, I would I would hope that queer artists can be themselves and be open without the worry of um of judgment or rejection um you know whether that's in whatever form that might take you know that it doesn't limit us to what we do but rather it it gives us a stage and a platform and a and a and a, and a respect actually in the in the experiences that we have as queer people for others to just to listen to our stories and, and respect what what's gone on there you know what's been the difficulties what have been the joys to share that to understand that mm, more understanding and connection <laughs> yes connections are, are very very that's what it's all about isn't it really at the end of the day um so what's your songwriting process do you get like a um does a sentence pop into your head do you have an idea before you start a song is it all a big mismatch of things um it's it, it, it's not a set structure for each one I think um generally it's the kind of story or the feeling of a story which is wonderfully horribly abstract <laughs> when I'm trying to pin something down um yeah so knowing that I, there's a story I want to tell um and then trying to get a sense of the tone of that will, will bring me to some kind of musicality so I kind of like to have both coming together at the same time both the music and the lyrics because I think they inform each other in the tone of the piece. Um, generically, my process. <laughs> how um, how would you meet your other musicians who who are they just people you come across in life, or do you go specifically looking for uh, collaborations? 
Um, yeah, well, I went to some um, songwriting retreats. So a friend of mine had been on and so invited me. So in that way, I met other songwriters. So there's uh, three of the songs on the album are co-writes, um, which I sort of wouldn't have done had I not gone to this retreat. But it was yeah, so valuable to just meet other people. And these these writers weren't necessarily based in folk. So there's quite a fun kind of other genre influence to some of these songs um which is enjoyable just to kind of hear someone else's it's like refreshing to kind of go down a different melodic route than than the one you always take um yeah and and i've actually then that's the songwriting side of it but from a musical point of view i've i've i knew i wanted to have a, a whole band for the london um, album launch in april so i i've got the the session musicians who did the stuff for the recordings but um I've also found a percussionist and a bass player who I just found on the um website band mix um so oh, yeah. like stab in the dark just tr finding some people um and actually yeah like the, the first people that I messaged were really enthusiastic and, and wanted to come and you know learn my songs and really great musicians and lovely people um so yeah I've been quite lucky in that rather random uh search positions mm. but yeah it's good that's where i got my drummer and i was i was recently the best man at his wedding so oh, you never know what yeah never know what a band mix oh, yeah, i love that <laughs> sure excellent oh so you mentioned the album launch where's the album launch going to be it's going to be at the bedford in balham mm -hmm. yeah on the 10th of april um yeah, it's a great it's a great room. It's got a lot of kind of theatricalness to it. So um I'm hoping to make it look like a piratey ship as well with with the help of some uh, fairy lights to look like rigging. That's one of my plans. <laughs> I'm just thinking about making like messages in bottles and yeah. <laughs> you, oh, you just reminded me there's a I, I did a gig years ago on, I think it was the Cuddy Sark or something like that. Was oh. it it's um it's one of the, one of, it's an old boat, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'll be a great place for you to play somewhere like that. Oh, yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I put that on the list. <laughs> um, so the album is out in April. Yes, fifth of April. Yeah. And is that on, is it on a record label or are you really self releasing or? Um, no, yeah, it's self releasing. Um, then I'm just gonna yeah be out on all kind of um, you know digital pla stuff platforms and doing it on cd as well because there's definitely um folkies who still use cds <laughs> it's the only genre left i think that does actually that they buy cds still yeah so everywhere else it's just kind of people might still might buy vinyl but they never play it because it's just a, a thing to keep yeah um so how, how would you feel about the process about kind of like putting things out mostly digitally these days um yeah it is what it is i mean i it's, it's frustrating in that you know it's like you as an artist who's creating an album you 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 create an order for that and that's you, you that's the that's part of the story that's the the order it's best told in and yeah i guess with some digital streaming platforms you can listen to it in that order but there's a lot of kind of um emphasis on just listening to one song in a playlist and it moving on which obviously i also want people to do but there's something precious about the wholeness of the album um so yeah i i think people will 
get get most out of listening to a whole album but i think i'm in the minority of people who actually listen to whole albums anymore but as we say um, the folk world is definitely still on that yeah I, i'm i'm i must be in the minority as well because i i like to i like to sit down and go at the start right until the end because yeah. it's telling a story exactly it's, yeah. And not just the story stories within the songs, but I think of of the musician. It tells me the the, the tone, their emotions for that creation that they've made. And yeah, it's a really wonderful thing to just listen to someone's album. Yeah. And how involved are you with the artwork? Ah, good question. Um, I commissioned a another trans artist to 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 draw the the album artwork. So. And they've done a, a beautiful job. It's um, yeah, colourful and has a pirate ship with a whale as as the um, the sort of hull of the ship. Um, so I, I had these ideas, and they kind of you know took them to a, a place of visual art, which is not something I can do. Um, and it was great because I had I'd asked them, oh, I want a ship and I'd like a whale, and they kind of came back to me and said, Well, I don't have room for both, but how about a whale ship? And I was like, That is better than I could have ever thought of. Perfect. So yeah, it's been wonderful. I'm really, I'm really excited to share that bit with the world as well. Yeah, that's lovely. Mm. So, what is there going to be a, a single, or is there going to be any videos? That is a good question. Um, yeah, I'm releasing a single. So yeah, one of the songs from from the album on the eighth of March, so sort of a month before the whole album comes out, um, and that single is Dreamcatcher Boy which is a song I wrote. It was one of the co-writes I did. Um, and it's the one I, was, I think said about earlier in terms of going back to kind of childhood and um, the dreams that we have as children and, and the story and the song kind of follows, you know, what happens to them? Where do they go? Is it possible to, to feel them again and to live them again and to breathe life into them again? Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. Excellent. So the do dream or dreams kind of a big part of your writing process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that you kind of say that, I think so. I, I, I'm definitely a daydreamer. I do a lot of dreaming. I'm very good at that and should probably get better at making the dreams realities. So I guess that's what I'm doing in general. But yeah, I think whether they're dreams I've had in the night or more often than not kind of daydreams, that influences yeah, I guess my my internal world and and how and then and my lyrics and the imagery that I put into the songs, you know, because there's a whole fantastical world being created. And yeah, people have certainly said that there's there's a lot of strong imagery in my um, lyrics, which which I like to bring to the music. Mm. And a lot of people get to um, think their music these days from YouTube and that will direct them to your album. Is there going to be any videos on YouTube, like a pirate themed? Do you need any extras? <laughs> yeah, great question. Yeah, if I that's good. Um, I don't, I haven't got anything that's going to be probably done in time for releasing, but I definitely, nonetheless, still want to do some videos, um, piracy ones. That that would be good. So if we know anyone who's got a beautiful ship of some kind that would be good and <laughs> uh, we need some yes backing sailors are always good so yeah you'll be in um jim morris got a um there's a video out there 
Um, can't remember that from. It's all very piratey. And Roy Bailey did some backing vocals a long time ago. It's very nice. You should check that out. If I find it, I'll send you a link. Yeah. Speaking of links, because mm. um, we're coming close to, closer to the end of the program, um, where can people one buy and listen to your music from the from the past, as well as obviously written in the river in the future? Question. Um... Best place to go is probably my band camp, which um, I'm Theo Dusek, Pirate Troubadour. Um, and that's, that's yeah, the first album is up there. That's sort of under the name Jack of Hearts. So it's less instrumentation than this new album. Um, yeah, there's there's that one. Uh, and it's also on Spotify where I'm Theo Dusek. And that's where the new album will be. Um, and last lastly, my website, theodusec.com uh, is always a good bet because it's got the links and stuff to pre-ordering and the Spotify and wherever else you might want to go to follow me. So, yeah. And so Dusek, is that D-U-S-S-E-K? Yes, that is right. Excellent. Theodusek. Where's that name come from? Czech. Really? Excellent. <laughs> it's a great name. Mm. Well, thank you so much being so open and so um giving on the show it's uh, it's been it's lovely to to have um we've met before but it's lovely to kind of just catch up it's been a while yeah. and um yeah if there's, if there's anything else that you want to say other than um obviously sending the love to your love <laughs> oh yeah thank you well just thank you for having me and i'm i'm really appreciative that you're you, you put on this podcast and that you're you're giving a space particularly in this series to kind of you know for kind of lgbt artists and people and thoughts and ideas so um yeah just thank you for that oh namaste you're more than welcome <laughs> it's absolutely so yeah it's wonderful thank you so much for for being on the stew simpson show podcast and i shall put up links for everybody to listen to you've been marvelous oh, thank you so much thank you Extra, extra.